0: I encourage you to turn with me to the letter of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament. I know many of you have been taking a closer look at Hebrews in the last few months, and we'll be doing that yet uh, for a little while. Uh, I'm not sure if you've reached Hebrews 12 yet, maybe not, not quite there, but that's what we're going to be reading this morning from Hebrews 12. Um, have you figured out who wrote Hebrews yet in your study? If you do, let me know. Um, Many have uh, argued that it was the Apostle Paul, that maybe these are his words uh, to the church in that area, themes of joy throughout Hebrews. There seems to be a, a close affection with Timothy um, That uh, in the latter portion of the letter that some think that this was uh, the Apostle Paul. Others claim that it was Apollos. There was um, you know, certain theological themes and the eloquence as you read Hebrews, that maybe this was the eloquent speaker of Apollos. Others say Barnabas as a word of encouragement, familiarity uh, with the Jewish priesthood and those things. But uh, even though they all hold some merit, it's still going to be a mystery uh, when we're done this morning and who who actually wrote this to Hebrews. But what, what is not a mystery is that the author is writing to family members, uh, fellow Christians, Jewish Christians, likely in that region surrounding uh, Rome, who are experiencing significant opposition to their faith, uh, so in a very pastoral manner, uh, the writer of the Hebrews uh, lets them know that their faith is is grounded in the one who is supreme over all, supreme over the angels, supreme even over Moses. Imagine hearing that as um, as a Jew living in that time; they they can persevere in confidence in the midst of these uh, trials Um, so the encouragement the hope that the author gives in that first century that is certainly ours as well so listen to what the author says the first three verses of chapter 12 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we're going to stop this morning. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank You for Your Word to us, a Word that carries Your very authority and Your power in our lives. Lord, we thank You for the way in which You teach us through Your Word, and pray now that Your Holy Spirit would work this Word into our hearts, or that we might be strengthened to endure on this journey of faith, this race of grace that's before us. Lord, we thank you for those who have gone before us. So Lord, I pray now that you would guide this word, the preaching of your word, that we would be attentive to it. Lord, that you would use it to strengthen us. Work your word to perform it. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Just imagine if you were to drive down the street here after the service, and you saw on the sign at MAPCO that gas was now $13 a gallon. You think that would change a few things. Uh, Certainly change how many gallons you put in your tank, maybe whether you get gas at all. Probably change how you prioritize your travel a little bit, if it were $13 a gallon. Well, that is exactly what uh, Chris faced when he received the call. He was overseas, and he received a call from the village that a, a man had fallen on a stick and cut open his side, and Unless he received medical treatment, within the next few hours, he was not going to survive. Well, the airplane that he was flying, in that part of the world, gas cost $13 a gallon. And they only had a limited supply of this. Um, And the airplane burned 13 gallons an hour. So is this something he should do? Um, Could he even make it to the village in time to pick up this man and... Take him to the hospital. Should he even attempt this flight based on the man's condition? So I think of all of the, the pressure, the very difficult circumstances that he faced in that setting. Um, not unlike our own journey of faith. Uh, often plagued by challenges, struggles, um, struggles that we can create ourselves and those that we encounter that really do slow us down on this race of faith that we're all on together. I think of our jobs and those things that we enjoy from day to day. Uh, Maybe the job goes away. Uh, You're laid off, laid off again, or um, you're walking with a friend and you know that the friend is not healed in the way that you pray. The Lord doesn't answer the prayer in the way that you expect. Um, maybe we slide back into those addictive patterns that leave us feeling guilty. Uh, defeated. Um, how do you go on? Where is the strength in keeping up the race? Putting one foot in front of the other. We have these types of trials and opposition to our faith. and uh, God shows us uh, that there is hope in passages like this, that there's a strength that He provides that we cannot provide for ourselves in any way. Uh, so I want us to see in these verses an encouragement that we have through the witness of God's Word, uh, an aid, a help in our struggle, uh, as well as a power that is ours in Christ. We're going to ask the question, first of all, who are the witnesses that we're talking about uh, here in chapter 12? And we wouldn't have to look far because these are the faithful saints mentioned already in chapter 11. Men and women who, who were recognized by God as, as believing, acting upon His promises. Though they would not see those promises fulfilled in their own journey, in their own time. And like Abraham, David, Moses, Samson, Rahab, Samuel, the prophet. So, the, so these are our ancestors. These are the ancestors of the Christian Uh, Examples of those who have run uh, the race of faith and finished the victory um, in the Lord. Uh, And and I'm I'm sure there are other suggestions than this, but I just want to offer a couple of ways in which these witnesses encourage us. Um, First is, is their encouragement actually through the Word itself? The Scriptures are a window into the lives of these saints. So we read of their struggles and their failures, that they are people kind of like us. That they're broken, sinful people like us. And we read of of their victories as well. We we draw upon God's faithfulness in their lives as a testimony um, of what He can do in our own lives. Um, Take encouragement from Abraham's faith, from David's victories. But the underlying word is that God is faithful, God is victorious, God is strong through the lives of these saints. Um, And that promise of God through through their witness, it produces um, that that fruit of faith in a community that's still growing, uh, such as our own, running this race together. God's enduring promises through them. The second way that encourages us is through their presence. You know, the image here is, is really that of a stadium full of men and women of faith watching, cheering for the runner all the way to the finish. See, the crowd can already see the finish. They know the reward that's there. They're encouraging the runner to keep on going. We're surrounded by the presence of, of those who've run the race already. and the same race that we are. God places them as agents of encouragement. Look at how they've run. We can do this too. I can um, remember uh, running. You know, My body was not made for distance running. Um, you know, Give me a 100, 200 meter dash or something. Back in the day, I might try that. But I can re- uh, remember running at the, at the academy. And part of our, our physical test was to, you know, every few months we had to run a mile and a half. And I remember one, one testing day, the weather was, was turning sour, and so they moved the test inside, and we ran around the indoor track, and it was 12 laps around this track. And by about lap 6 or 7, I was finished. You know, they had sucked all the oxygen out of the room. Um, my, my muscles are cramping up, and I'm, I'm ready to stop and start walking, especially as I see others just strolling, saying, I'm, I'm done. Uh, But there were those in in the squadron, some of my own uh, friends who had either run the race already or they were going to, and they're standing at the curve saying, come on, you're doing great. Keep it up. Um, And it was the ones who had already finished that were especially encouraging because they're sitting, they're red in the face, they're panting, they're going, you can do it. Keep it up. Um, It was the only thing that prevented me from walking the rest of, of the distance. Um. And I don't think my time was all that good, but it was the fact that they were there cheering me on. They had gone through this. Um, So in a very similar way, this great cloud of witnesses speak and and surround us today, encouraging us to endure in the faith. Uh, So we have the we have this God's very word to us, his witness through this word, immersing ourselves uh, in God's word. We see the crowd hear them cheering us on this journey. Just keep in mind they've tripped over the same hurdles. They've struggled through the same trials, the same unbelief, but have finished faithfully. In just a few verses earlier in Hebrews 11, the author says these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen Seen them and greeted them from afar. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. They have seen the finish line and the glorious trophy that awaits them. So we can be encouraged by this. Be encouraged by their presence in God's word cheering you on. But I realize there's still times when the journey is very discouraging. That we want to quit. We're tempted to quit. You probably encountered that this week ready to give up the race because of the opposition. Maybe because of our own sin. Uh, Let me go back and look at verse 1. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The daily struggles of running this race, uh, it's a burden. It's hard. Uh, Even the strongest of saints get bogged down in the race of faith, but God promises that even under the, the weight of life's circumstances, under the, the, the weight of sin that we bear, He will give strength, um, even though this, this weight is so very heavy. We may get tangled in webs of idolatry and anger, immorality, guilt. Just insert that sticky trap that comes to mind. Things that seriously hinder our ability to run the race. It's a heavy load. The persistent attacks of sin, it's a heavy load for us to carry. Sometimes it comes in the form of unhealthy relationships, betrayal. All of these have this uncanny way of accumulating and weighing us down. It can leave us Feeling weary, feeling broken. So we need to be reminded that, that the weight of sin cannot be carried alone. In His faithfulness, God gives His presence, His promise to, to carry that weight if we let Him do so. We must learn to, to accept and surrender the load of life's trials, the guilt of our sin to the Lord. When the weight of life circumstances, with um, bad decision making, when that seems to be the heaviest. That's, that's when our perception is that if we just strain a little bit harder, uh, you know, just ramp up our willpower, you know, just, just buckle down and bear it, things we'll get through it. Things will be okay. Uh, but we can't carry this weight. Um, it's the sinless Son of God that has taken the full weight of our sin upon His back. He's nailed it to the cross. In our union with Christ, He carries the weight. He runs along with us and finishes perfectly for us. So Jesus is is so very close. His Spirit indwells us. Working, fighting to relieve the load that we carry. So as you embrace the perfect race of Christ on your behalf, that lightens the load. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So it's the finished work of Christ that relieves you of a load that you cannot carry on your own. It's reading in uh, Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotional, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he talks about uh, farmers in the northern U.S. and in Canada, when, when the weather was turning uh, bad in the wintertime, uh, they would often take a a rope with them when they left the house or if they go out to the barn and attend to the animals or or so forth. They would take a rope with them in case they couldn't see uh, through the storm in order to get back to uh, the house. There were many stories of uh, farmers who did not have this and they would try to get back through the blizzard and they end up wandering in circles and they would die just feet from their front door um, through these conditions. So let me ask you Do you cling to God with a white knuckled grip when the storms of life blow in? When it's harder and harder to see, you may find yourself wandering helpless and alone. The farmers with the rope could be confident if they just put one hand in front of the other, it would take them back safely home. Pull on that rope. Leads safely home, one that carries you home. See, that's, that safety tether is always available to us as Christians. It's always there. Full access to our Heavenly Father is always available. This is what we did earlier in prayer. We can confess our sin to God, trust in His promise to purify our hearts, to remove the weight of guilt. I mentioned this in the newsletter this week, if you haven't had a chance to look at that. The importance of crying out to God in confession. And prayer can be in a silent conversation throughout the day. Maybe you have specific times in, in your day set aside to commune with the Lord. Whether it's planned or unplanned, we can approach the throne of God confidently in times of need, knowing that, that He is there. That our tether is secure in the Lord Jesus. Prophet Jeremiah reminds God's people of of His personal interest in them. He will provide for them. He says, My plan is to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. Then you will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. His desires that we commune with Him in prayer. Holding fast to his love. He will deliver. He will uh, deliver when all seems lost. Psalmist tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Let me encourage you to, in your prayers, to pray back to God what he gives us to pray. Um, tell him of his promises to you. Rest in that, in uh, the fulfillment of those promises, that he will carry you to the finish. You don't carry this weight alone. The humility, the sacrifice of Jesus, our elder brother. Um, not, not only does it, re- does it relieve the, the burden of sin, the consequences of that sin, but it replaces it with this enduring uh, power. The power of His righteousness. It's a power that really is motivating and sustaining in this uh, race of faith. In verse 3, the author tells us that when Jesus... Walked the earth, he endured great hostility and opposition. In his ministry, he was continually attacked by the Pharisees who sought to undermine his ministry, to discredit him. Um, Spat on, beaten by Roman soldiers, and then condemned to death. prophet Isaiah tells us that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So Jesus' life was characterized by hostility, opposition, Yet all the while, he's motivated by the joy set before him. By the joy of what would be at the finish line. Jesus endured hostility against himself and empowers us to do the same. He knows your struggles. He's been there. And he doesn't stop running. And so Jesus doesn't just finish well, he finishes perfectly. Perfectly. And so we look to him. We keep running toward the certain victory that he has already won. Maybe you've heard the name Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a lawyer in uh, Chicago in the late 1800s. After uh, his son died suddenly, his, his family went into a great depression and, um, and that pain, that suffering only increased as there was a fire that swept through Chicago, destroyed much of the city. Um, the business that Horatio had it really brought him to uh, financial ruin. Um, and as time went on, the family responded by serving other families in Chicago, the place where they lived. Uh, the homeless, those who were um, desperate. And after a couple of years, they decided they wanted to take a vacation, needed uh, some replenishment. And their friend D.L. Moody was uh, putting on evangelistic meetings uh, in England. And so um, they booked passage on a ship to England. And at the last moment, Horatio had to stay behind for something uh, in the business. And so his wife and, and daughters went on ahead of him. Um, and uh, shortly after they left, a few days into their journey, um, the ship carrying his wife and his uh, daughters collided with another ship. And, uh, and all of his daughters perished. So his, his wife sent a note back to him. This have been ten days afterwards. Saying, saved alone. Um, and so he immediately booked a passage on a ship to, uh, to be with her. And as that ship passed through uh, the place where, um, where his daughters uh, drowned he wrote these words though satan should buffet though trials should come let this blessed assurance control that christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul it is well with my soul uh, how do you write something like that you know in the midst of such overwhelming pain this man still found the motivation to take one step further in the race. Some of you can understand that. That type of despair, that type of hurt. Jesus does. That's what motivated Horatio Spafford to to write these words that we know so well, that bring so much comfort. He was sustained by the power of Jesus' blood and the victory of that was his. If we read verse two, Jesus reigns at the right hand of God the Father. Uh, Paul reinforces this in Romans chapter eight, when he explains that the power and the victory of Christ on our behalf frees us from all condemnation. He knows your struggles and is ultimately defeated the opposition that you face. So think, each stride of His obedience is given to us. That His exceedingly great power toward us who believe. It's Ephesians chapter 1. This sustains us as we press on toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called us in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, run boldly in the power of Christ. The author of Hebrews, he tells us what to do. Look to Jesus. Consider Him who endured. What what does that look like? We don't just leave it there. The means of grace that God gives to us, gives to the church, is powerful for running the race, to fix our our wandering eyes. Sustain a heart of affection for the Lord Jesus. I mentioned the importance already of of immersing ourselves in God's Word, uh, approaching Him continually uh, in prayer. Another means of grace that God gives to us is the fellowship and support of those here within the church. The people sitting to your right, to your left, in front of you, and behind. Faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus brings us together into this family. We're to build each other up, encouraging one another, all the more as we see the finish line approaching. Do we do this? I think we do, and in so many ways, as a church family. Do we as a church family really show forth the sustaining power of Jesus in our community and persistent in service? We, just, we thank the Lord a few minutes ago for those serving uh, behind the scenes, for those serving ways that we can see and can't see. Um, we're doing this together. Our freedom to gather and worship corporately is another means of God's grace. Motivating us, sustaining us along the journey. Uh, the proclamation of the gospel through the word and through the sacrament uh, is what nourishes us and motivates us um, to take this saving power to our neighbors. I mean, think, could anything be more motivating than the life we have in Christ? Um, consider what a gift this is. Consider the price Jesus had to pay the next time that you're, that you're tempted to sort of cut the corner maybe manipulate one that you know, a family member, spouse, children, or to hold a grudge or turn a blind eye. As the perfecter of our faith, the reigning Lord Jesus sustains us and waits with arms open wide at the finish. So you remember I mentioned Chris at the beginning, that mission pilot. Uh, he made it through. He decided to make the trip, and uh, under great pressure, the opposing circumstances of even $13 uh, gas um, He delivered this dying man to the hospital in time. And now years later, that man can tell of the life that was given back to him. Uh, as an encouragement to the rest of the village. in the absence of his own strength, he was carried by another. Uh, are you resting in the strength of the one who carries you? To the race that you and I are on, it's going to show our weaknesses. It's going to show us the trials that just come with a life of faith. But God gives help through those trials. Sustaining power through Jesus. That is the motivation we need to finish well. So if you're here this morning and you, you feel like the ways of life just keep crashing in, sort of bowling you over and there's no relief in sight, well, then I invite you to share in this hope. Look to the Lord Jesus, the One who made you and loves you to such a degree that He became like you. He ran the race that you cannot finish. Claims victory over your ultimate burden. Victory over the guilt and punishment for your sin. And Christian, you need to know that you do not run this race alone. You never have. Um, Lord Jesus runs with you. He carries you by the Spirit. He stands at the finish line as your eternal trophy. That's why we're running. Embrace our Savior. So that that same promise, you read all those saints who've gone before, the same same promise on, on the lips of martyrs is a promise that we claim today. Jesus has run the race. Look to Him. Cling to Him. Endure in the victory that is yours in Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, it is only in Christ that we come. It is only in Christ that we put one foot in front of the other on this journey of faith. Lord, we thank You that You are ever present with us. That You, Lord Jesus, have obeyed perfectly, that You've run this race for us and equip us and enable us by Your Spirit to run faithfully in this day and in this week. We thank You that You have relieved that great burden of our sin. And we look to You now in the freedom that this Gospel gives. Sustain us, Lord. Give us that strength to endure by Your Holy Spirit. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.